<laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I am your host Mandy, and I have a special guest this week. He's, I guess, one third now of Life Bites. It is Derek Watson. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can hear you now, so you're not just a ghost. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember when I heard that episode you had Brian on, and you two were talking about something that happens at your work, or I don't know if it has more of an overall, this is just a normal thing in Canada or not, but I think you called it Respect Day. Oh, yeah. We have a... I think it's just like it's it's from the city. So because where I work is it's a telecom and it's kind of owned by the city, but not quite owned by the oh. city. Like we pay them or whatever. So there's a bunch of like city-based stuff, and one of them's Respect Day, and they have like little respect <laughs> ambassadors, and they give you like pins and whatever, and like you don't oh my anything. god, it's just like information. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I heard that, I remember thinking to myself, "Wow, this just sounds like." Canadian. A really good excuse to be a shit person the rest of the year. Yeah, it's not respect. Just save it all up for that one day. Yeah, that sounds like a really Canadian thing. Like, it's National Respect Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's definitely... Well, I don't know if it's just a city thing. It might be in other places, but yeah, it's it's weird. I don't really participate in those kind of things. <laughs> like, give me my free button, give me my free food, and that's it. Right, right. Leave me alone. I imagine as Canadian, you're just all around nice in general, but on respect day, it's like extra nice. Yeah, it'd be you know? extra like, oh gosh, don't you know nice. <laughs> right. Nice. <laughs> that was another thing. You try to say not all Canadians sound like that, but then you just immediately, <laughs> right after that, kind of gave yourself away within a boat. Yeah. A boot. Well, and... I'm I'm only like a half hour north of Minnesota, so I have Oh like... there that's what it was. Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. So I've got like a Minnesota accent on top of the Canadian accent. <laughs> if only there was some other way you could say Minnesota without actually saying Minnesota. Minnesota. Soda. <laughs> it's like soda like pop soda, but it's like right. pop. Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was saying that to, it was some other friend of mine I was recording with and I was like, oh, you know, I'm near Minnesota. And he's like, oh, it's funny the way you said it, like how they say it. I'm like, that's how I say it. <laughs> how they say it. I'm one of they. I'm just speaking in my normal voice. <laughs> right. Uh, so do we want to get into talking about avocados or <laughs> flannel? <laughs> Dealer's choice. Avocados and flannels. It's like, it's so... Northwest hipster. I know what you mean. They go hand in hand. <laughs> just the perfect combination. You have like a nice avocado and then you put on your flannel. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm kind of steering away from the flannel look, at least the red flannel, <laughs> which I know is the classic, like, eh, you know, the nice yeah. classic thick woven flannel look. I've always wanted to find it in different colors, and that seems to be hard to do. I have a blue one. I've always wanted a, a blue. <laughs> you think it would be easy in Oregon? Like, it's flannel. <sighs> Oregon's, like, Washington, it's flannel states. Yeah, but I've only ever seen it in red. That's weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are some colors I just wouldn't wear. Yellow, I think. Yellow flannel blue, would be weird. Blue and green. Those are good. Yeah. We have stores of just flannel. <laughs> oh, God, that sounds like heaven. <laughs> flannel everything. Flannel pajamas, flannel shirts, flannel pants. Oh. Flannel hats. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you can just cover yourself head to toe in flannel <laughs> and eat avocados. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and then get abducted by aliens. Oh, segue. <laughs> that was a smooth segue yeah it was just so seamless you didn't exactly. even God. it's like i was beamed up from the mothership yeah i'm actually like it makes me a little bit nervous to talk about like aliens and alien abductions and like even when i was doing like the research and stuff i'm like am i just like opening can of worms <laughs> where i'm gonna like have some kind of like alien nightmare or because i've never had <laughs> sleep paralysis or night terrors that like now I'm going to have it because I talked about it <laughs> right it's like you know putting it out there into the universe 
But that is our topic. Yeah, today. your subconscious <laughs> is going to, you know, Specifically, give you uh, tricks of the mind. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to, like, you know, be thinking it all night long. Um, so specifically, alien abductions and sleep paralysis. And it's not, like, I guess, a new topic or idea, but it's one that, like, I was thinking about to myself one day when we were... I keep saying about now, and I'm, like, self-conscious of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were watching... I think it was one of the documentaries about some dude who had, like, the alien implants. And we'll get into that, you know, later on in the show. But how, like, the different bits of metal. And I started thinking, well, bodies can produce, you know, bits of metal and stuff. Maybe the bodies are producing them. Like, maybe alien abductions are night terrors and sleep paralysis. Because with sleep paralysis and night terrors, it's usually all the same. And you wake up and you're paralyzed. And there's, like, the feeling of the old lady hag sitting on your chest. Or, like, you see stuff in the corner <laughs> out of your eye. And a lot of alien abductions are very similar. So when I started looking it up, I actually found that there was, like, a research paper from 2000 on it. I'm like, this is kind of crazy. Why have I never really heard people talk about this before? So I thought it'd be awesome to do it yeah. for the show. And here we are. <laughs> Yeah, and when you first threw out the topic uh, of us to research or a potential topic for us to cover, I it seems like a simple enough idea that you would have nightmares or night terrors about aliens, but it's not anything that I've heard that's all that common. I, yeah. I've never had it, and I've never heard of anyone having nightmares about aliens or anything even close to an abduction-like dream. So... And I don't know, something about it, it just seems like that would be the quick go-to. Like if someone says they were abducted by aliens or they've seen little greys, you know, you would just say, oh, no, you, you just had a bad dream. Yeah. I've never heard that come up in any conversation where that's an explanation or a way to try and explain it away. Yeah, I don't think I have either. And so when I was thinking about it, I'm like, you know, it seems like this is something that more people should be talking about or, you know, looking into or would be brought up. and. Like there was only a few things that I found even mentioning it online, mm. so that's why I was like, I need to do this. And it's it's one of those topics where it's it's better to do with someone rather than by yourself. And so I was kind of like holding on to it. So it worked out to to have you on to do it. <laughs> well, that's good because if you were to do it alone, I just imagine uh, people envisioning you with tinfoil wrapped around <laughs> yeah. your head, and uh, which there you know, is just... up on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> When did the Sofa King dress up? <laughs> I made a tinfoil hat. <laughs> it's actually funny you mentioned that. So in my research, I found a list of five traits that could get you abducted by aliens. Now, <laughs> number one, yeah, something that uh, one of our good buddies, Brent Van Tassel, the Sofa King podcast, has talked about having experience from time to time. And it's a phenomenon known as sleep paralysis, which we just mentioned. Yeah. And as the name would imply, it's the act of being unable to move while in bed or after waking from a dream, which he's talked about in detail. And a common symptom would include seeing various things out of the peripheral vision of flashing lights or dark shadowy figures in the room around you. Yeah. There are also reports of buzzing sounds and feeling like you're floating. Thankfully, however, the feeling eventually wears off after you find a way to break the spell, which he's he's developed a different method into that, which I think is a bit odd. I It probably varies, but for him, he says if he just focuses in on numbers or math or mm -hmm. something like that, he just slowly counts in his head, he can begin to move his toe, then his foot, and then his his leg, and, you know, he just finds a way to break himself out of it. I so can't I'm imagine, if, like, how terrifying yeah. that is. <laughs> no, no, especially if you get the feeling there's other presence in the room around you. Yeah. But uh, he says he tries to sleep on his back, as I imagine many other people um, with this condition would, for fear of, I don't know, suffocating yourself if yeah. you were to sleep on your stomach. Uh, number two is a tendency to recall false memories. Now, personally, I believe this to be the main trait that one would really want to look at closely and call into question when we're talking about things that people claim to have experienced or seen, especially when we're talking about 
people found themselves in bed after having woken up from a nightmare. Yeah. But yeah, so. Uh, number three, this one's a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> and I have absolutely no idea how it applies to the list at all, but another thing that people apparently commonly report is high levels of absorption. <laughs> absorption of what? That's a good question. <laughs> Um, like a sponge? Which, you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> by definition, the process or action of which one thing is absorbed by another. So, again, no idea. Weird. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're talking about waking up with something in their body that wasn't there before, like the trackers you had brought up yeah, before. Or some kind of... That's strange. Little chunks of metal, little implants... And I find it odd that something like that could be or would be talked about as having been experienced by these people to such a consistent fashion that it actually makes the list at number three or <laughs> yeah. at all. Absorption. That's bizarre. Absorption. Yeah. <laughs> is that what they, is, do they call it by that name? Do they know? They're paper towels. <laughs> Super absorbent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number four, which is New Age Beliefs. I feel dips a little into number five as well, so you know because they're kind of similar. So for number we're, uh, number four, we have new age beliefs, and number five is familiarity with the cultural narrative of alien abduction. So, so if you know about them, <laughs> right? And that to me just sounds like a strike against someone because it puts it out. It puts out this notion that you as the individual had been predisposed to the idea of aliens, the idea of alien abductions, looking up at the sky, dreaming, hoping one day you'll be visited by aliens until one day, right? Yeah. You fool yourself into thinking that it's happened because you've conditioned yourself into believing this. You want it to be real. Yeah. I mean, like, so. and with the New Age beliefs and that too, like, so it's just like a lot of hippies. <laughs> Yeah, the first thing that instantly popped in my head when I heard New Age Beliefs was, I don't know, Buddhism for some reason, or hippies, or... Absorbent hippies with paper towels. Y yes, <laughs> absorbent <laughs> hippies who have a familiar cultural narrative of alien abductions yeah. <laughs> and sleep paralysis. Yeah, So that's strange. <laughs> So I had actually gone through and when I, I found this research paper, so I kind of like broke down all the stuff from there and it had um, the basic like, the basic like what typical abductions are for people that, you know, have their belief in their alien abductions and how they could kind of relate to sleep paralysis or night terrors. So most abductions take place at night in a bed. You see a bright light. There's an unexplained presence. You're you feel paralysis. You feel like you're floating, <laughs> and then there's like <laughs> the thing of like medical experiments. But if you take all those first ones and not you know not include the medical experiments part of it, that is pretty much what sleep paralysis is. Basically, you it's at night. You wake up in the bed. You can't move. You either see like a bright light or it's hard to focus on stuff. You feel like there's an unexplained presence. You feel like you're floating. Like that's all the same exact stuff, basically. Right. And the only thing I think I could somehow compare that to or relate it to would be maybe if you were undergoing an operation of some kind, you're laying down flat on a table. There's a bright light, other people around you. So, you know, doctors, yeah. surgical instruments. And I'm wondering if there's any kind of correlation or comparison to that that's been done where people have undergone surgeries in the past and they're somehow having nightmares and miscategorizing that as, oh, I woke up and I was being abducted yeah. and experimented on by aliens. Yeah, or they're like, that's like, you know, they're just kind of going back to that memory of it. And then it's like they're right. half half awake, half asleep stage. Right, yeah, you've you've kind of misplaced that into some other part of your brain as being something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So with this paper, um, it was like a research paper, and I was actually 
really surprised that someone had done like experiments on it. So Susan Blackmore from England in 2000 actually did a name like that. (laughs) Yeah. Did a full like research level experiment with people and, you know, psychological analysis and everything. So that she had 12 people who described themselves as abductees and 12 controls. And she was going off the theory about how abductions were related to sleep paralysis. And so she did, it was like, uh, Oh, no, sorry. This was actually two control groups for it. So there was the first group of the abductees. There was five men and seven women between ages of 20 and 69. <laughs> 69. <laughs> <laughs> um, I knew there was no way we were going to go past that. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> and then there was um, another control group that matched all the ages and genders. And then there was a control group that was just made up of a whole pile of students from the university. So they were all given questionnaires on their experiences, and one was on psychological backgrounds, I guess. One was on their sleep experiences, and one was just on, I guess, alien experiences, if they had had them, but they gave it to the controls as well. And the abductee um, questionnaire was all just on what they actually believe their experiences to be, because they're going off the impression that the abductees believe this actually happened to them. So... Mm -hmm on the sleep one, the sleep paralysis questionnaire, all the abductees reported more sleep paralysis experiences, waking paralyzed, feeling like the whole pressure on the chest and the sense of a presence in the room than anyone else in the control group. And my dog's crying, so I gotta hang on. (laughs) That's for you're killing me. It sounded like you just hit your dog. <laughs> Can you open the door? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm closing my studio. I'm like, if you're in here, you're in here. And he laid down, and then now he's just like, no, I want to go. You're, you're like, Buster, you're killing me. And just, I hear two loud thuds. <laughs> <laughs> I open the door. And, you're and now out. I'm killing you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they all reported more sleep paralysis experiences than just anyone else in the other two control groups. And the abductees it also reported more sleep disturbances. So they all had nightmares and sort of out of body experiences and just sleep disturbances in, in general than either of the other two, two control groups. Hmm. Okay. So I wonder kind how of widespread the, uh, I wonder how widespread the demographic of these participants was. You said they were all just plucked from one, one college. There was a, so I think what they actually did was they had posted um, like a thing on, I don't know if it was like online or on the radio or whatever, just across the town to get all the abductees. So the the range of people. And then they made another control group of just, I guess, I don't know if it's general public or other volunteers that matched the same ages and genders as the abductee group. And then there was the third control group that was just a group of volunteer students. Okay. Hmm. So out of the uh, total abductees, uh, they said 12 had stepped forward? Yeah, it was 12 people. Okay, so... It's five hmm. men and seven women. Oh. Hmm. Pretty evenly split, I would say, down the middle. Yeah. Not so heavily one-sided. Well, for me, there's another element to this whole thing that when we get into the realm of UFO alien discussion, I immediately just want to rule out most of the modern day accounts as being either fake or just not as credible because of the advent of the internet in various ways information flows in today's world. You know, we're we're very impressionable, like we'll watch something and then we can easily just disassociate that with if it's fake or reality or we'll, you know, we'll have a bad dream and then like, was that real? We'll suppress things. Yeah, exactly. I also think it's strange that when there are general UFO sightings, people talk about being visited by or abducted by aliens. Why is it that it always seems like it's in a place, you know, that's just remote, like in a cornfield or on a farm? <laughs> yeah, it's not in the middle desert, of New York City. Or over the ocean. Yeah, it's just places where there are very few people around to witness this. Yeah. 
Well, I think that that's why, like, with it being compared to the sleep paralysis thing, because they were talking to you about how, like, most of them are at night in your own bed. And there was people saying, like, oh, I was abducted in public or the ones in their car and stuff. But they found that most of those accounts weren't really, I guess, as credible as an alien abduction account right. can be. Um, <laughs> but they were, like, very, very rare compared to the ones where it's the typical, like, in your bed at night bright light through the window you know floating up sort of deal <laughs> yeah I, i'm just imagining what my uh, criteria would be down the checklist of, okay were you abducted by aliens okay check yes yes <laughs> did you see a bright light yes check all right were you probed check <laughs> yeah at some point you just want to ask that early on to see what they say yeah exactly <laughs> so the other thing that i found as far as like research study goes is in 1987 there was another scientist Persinger I believe and he was trying to compare like with people that had like unstable temporal lobes I guess with avian abductions and what he actually found out was that people with unstable temporal lobes were more likely to have psychic experiences and paranormal beliefs which is weird because like beliefs I don't really think temporal lobes mm-hmm. control your beliefs but what he was able to do was induce an like an out of body experience by applying rapidly fluctuating weak magnetic fields across their temporal temporal lobes, and the experience gave them unpleasant vibrations, lights floating, flying, out of body sensations, and a sense of of like an unexplained presence in the room. Mm-hmm. So there may be some relation to temporal lobe stuff, magnetic fields. And sleep paralysis and night terrors. <laughs> yeah. It also kind of goes back a little to that list I mentioned earlier with the New Age beliefs thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it, it has a, like a hint of, well, like you said, meditation, like a meditative state and vibrations having played into part of the description that people commonly account to sleep paralysis. So there's a lot of common themes going on here yeah i think that it's like i mean we're basically energy we're made up of like elements and you can do stuff to the brain i mean they correct you know mental disorders with electric shock therapy and it, it would kind of go to reason like you know if there's magnetic fields out there which is what a lot of like the the paranormal spots are you know there's those places the weird spots in the states where it's just like weird you know, electromagnetic fields in the earth and they make you feel strange and you feel like you're floating or flying or you're having an out-of-body experience or there's a sense of a presence there. So it kind of makes sense that maybe it's like a field or something and if it hits a certain spot in your brain, you're all going to have the same kind of experience because that's what it's doing to your brain. Yeah. I, I had seen a movie that actually went to great lengths to document this very thing. <laughs> It was called The Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> and they hypothesized that we're actually just all batteries. Yep. I believe in the simulation theory. <laughs> yeah, I I gotta say, I'm leaning a little more towards that myself from time to time. Because I think that, I, like, in like video games it. where people aren't fully rendered yet, they're, like, black or, you know, they're, like, shadows are just, like, oh, holders. Hey, hey, so that whoa. explains what shadow people are. Is there just that one. They're just people that aren't fully rendered yet in your simulation. <laughs> that explains shadow people. I'll tell that to my black friends. Like, you're just not fully <laughs> rendered yet, man. Yeah. Let's just give it some time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing that was in one of the, um, the studies, too. So like when I mentioned the old hag, so that's like one of the <laughs> the main cores and a little egg is like one of the main cores of sleep paralysis and night terrors is that people see the old lady sitting on their chest or like the really old I witch sitting on their didn't, chest. I didn't come across that one too much. I've heard of shadowy figures. It's like it's an old cultural like... thing that like a lot of people report when they have sleep paralysis or night terrors. And okay. it, it may be going back to like a society thing, right? So it goes back to, you know, middle ages or whatever. And that's kind of like what people's fears are. So, you know, you'd fear like the old witch or, you know, the old witch in the village or whatever cursing you and stuff like that. And you think you wake up with, you know, the feeling of them sitting on your chest or you kind of manifest, manifest that. 
So whereas it could be in today's society, people are scared of aliens. Aliens are so, you know, ingrained in pop culture that it's just changing the cultural norm of it's instead of it being the old hag or the witch now it's aliens right and that's where it sounds really weird because before any reference i found in that to the notes i was taking was these black ominous shadowy figures these shapeless forms around you but something as specific as to say the old hag and that sounds so out of left field when we're talking about aliens. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's just adding a little extra dose of crazy here. It, it it's like a I don't say like a well known thing, but if you watch like documentaries and stuff, and on specifically like sleep paralysis and night terrors, it's that's what a lot of them see and think of as like it's the old hag. And I think mm. I don't know if it's just because that's what they've been told that that's what it is, <laughs> but now with it turning to aliens, you know, because that's what's in our society and our culture it kind of makes sense that it would evolve you know as our culture evolves quite a leap though it doesn't seem like there was a whole lot of in between (laughs) we're talking about the middle ages of an old hag leap forward i don't know how many hundreds of years to aliens now where was everything else yeah (laughs) well it kind of makes sense though because everyone sees like the same alien right they're like the small grays with the almond eyes and everything and they all see the, th- the same thing and that's what people think of of greys you know and aliens that's the first thing you think of so yeah that's true I know Dave Moulton does yeah exactly <laughs> he loves them can't get enough <laughs> when there was one time we actually went like ghost hunting at night and I was taking pictures and then one of the pictures that looks like an alien head and like this little tiny blue ball of light that's like was down by a river and you you zoom in really far it looks like an alien face in it and i did not sleep that night (laughs) like i sat there in bed and just like watched tv all night because i could not fall asleep because i'm like saw a fucking alien the aliens are going to come and get me (laughs) (laughs) so now i'm like i'm doing this topic and i'm going to be abducted by aliens tonight (laughs) now i know um when we were originally uh, kind of rounding off what topic we would cover, you brought up another one that I thought was also kind of intriguing was uh, this idea, this notion that there are these rare blood types. Yeah. And some people that might. I on that one, but it's, yeah, it's I don't the RH right negative now. factor. It's, it's um, negative. yeah, so it's like, I think it's if your blood type's negative. So, like, yeah, there's positive and negative. So, if you're a negative blood type, but it might just be the RH one, but it's the RH factor, and it's for rhesus monkeys. And it's something to do with how, because we all, I guess, rhesus monkeys are a common ancestor or whatever. So, we all should have that as, like, a positive factor in our blood types. But there's certain people that have the negative or specifically just the RH negative that don't have that. So, they're like, how can they have that if we're all supposed to have this this RH factor from rhesus monkeys in our blood and they're like well maybe it's because they're alien hybrids and that's why they don't have it in their blood I think the best way to conduct a study of this would be to round up all the people who have <laughs> negative blood yep. put them on a train we'll conduct a census <laughs> get a list of their names we'll construct labor camps and <laughs> Are they being the gassed way, eventually here? Wait like, a minute, no. Are you driving uh, to, to <laughs> camps out here in Germany? What's happening? Huh, and, uh, yeah, I'm, this is kind of seeming familiar. Where is this going? <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, my blood type is B positive, <laughs> which I just find <laughs> hilarious that that's what it is. B positive. <laughs> no, I'm going to B negative. <laughs> I can't quite remember what mine is. It might be... Oh, gosh, A negative? Ah, negative. Yeah, I'm an alien. (laughs) I possess the alien DNA. The other thing with the alien type topic, and I kind of like alluded to at the beginning, was about the alien implants. So that was the other part of like my weird day where I had my alien awakening. (laughs) Like, what about (laughs) this? And how the people with to have like the alien implants or find these alien implants. So we'd watch this one documentary. It was, I think it was patient 17 or something where the guy had an alien implant taken out and they were going to get it, you know, the analysis of it and whatever. Okay. And it ended up being like 
like everything, all metals are just basic minerals and they're like, oh, there's like meteorite in it, but everything's meteorite because we live on, you know, a rock flying through space basically and rock <laughs> right. our rock all the time. But It'd be great if you didn't have a couple of rocks in you. Yeah, exactly. But they're all basically, you know, alien implants all end up being metal or types of metal and they're all basically just made up of elements and I got thinking why couldn't it just be our bodies manufacturing this because bodies do weird things so there was the girl who actually had like glass tears and McCry glass tears and I found another one online who had a cut in her forehead that would actually like have glass bits fall out of it now it's not now that's real super weird. it's not real like real glass right because it's not you know no, sand no. or whatever just, but uh... that's what it is like it's clear Right, you know, like it's clear it's, or whatever, right? It's got the consistency yeah. and the look and feel of glass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then there's the people that slowly turn to like stone or wood with like their hands and feet and stuff. You have so, heard of those people? That's yeah. super scary. So, like, you think like, why can it just be the alien something implants? to do with their uh, cartilage? Yeah. So you think yeah. like, why can't alien implants just be our body making these bits? Because we're all just elements, anyways. So it's just right. combining the elements in a different way and just pushing that down to your calf until there's like this little piece of metal that pops out right and don't we all at a certain point have a certain i don't know percentage of metal within our bodies yeah the blood's iron you know right so who's to say it couldn't just build up somewhere in a pocket in your body the same way that i don't know fat does yeah exactly so yeah i i am I think that's probably more than likely the case. I think if aliens had trackers of any kind, they would be so technologically advanced the way that we always envision them being that we would never know that we were chipped. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't be some little bump that raised above the skin that we could see and (laughs) like, no. Pick at, you know. (laughs) That's just lazy. (laughs) Why would they? (laughs) There was this one... And I think it was actually by the same woman, Susan Blackmore, who did the study. And it was like on someone, this other guy who had this bit of metal that he found like in his cheek or something like that. So he went to take it to get, you know, take it for analysis because he was, you know, an abduct- thought he was an abductee and all that. And what it ended up being <laughs> was the same makeup of like a really old filling. So they figured that and she even like had that in like the story, like in the paper about how and it, that's what it was the same, you know, chemical makeup as some like some old fillings were so the filling probably just worked its way out and got stuck in his cheek and he's like oh it's an alien implant and then he remembered he he was in war and there was a flashback where he took shrapnel to the face (laughs) and it was some i don't know nazi soldiers filling that (laughs) landed in his cheek (laughs) he bit down really hard and (laughs) (laughs) popped his filling and then forgot about it (laughs) (laughs) but that you know that goes to show that you know, abductees are probably also crazy about their stuff. But with, oh, definitely, with yeah. also, you know, it could be other stuff. <laughs> it could be a bit of filling that popped out is stuck in, you know, got stuck in your cheek. It could be your body just combining iron and other elements from your blood and chemicals. Or you were more than likely abducted by aliens. Yeah. <laughs> or you were abducted and probed in the night and left in a cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> There's always that option too, right? <laughs> <laughs> So then I thought, okay, let's just pretend, right, that because of my negative A blood type, I was an alien. Okay, so I'm just your typical illegal alien cruising around (laughs) space in my newly lifted UFO. Yeah. And I'm on the prowl because guess what? It's happy hour and I'm looking to do some probing. Yeah, looking for someone to probe. Right. (laughs) So I decided to slum it, head down to Earth. Yeah. Find me a nice, thick Farmer John. Yep. Wearing flannel. <laughs> yes. And overalls <laughs> with a butt flap. Right. <laughs> and if he's an avocado farmer, oh, Perfect. God. Can you... <laughs> because I know I can't risk going into a highly populated city where I'll risk getting caught. So I have no choice but to go to a farm. Yep. And now that I say that, it, it actually makes sense that they visit farms. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so after a few intergalactic drinks, one thing leads to another, and I tell you I'll call you the next morning, but I don't. <laughs> a few weeks go by, and I leave you a note in a crop circle I made in your field. Yeah. 
<laughs> telling you that it's over, and I started dating one of your cows. <laughs> I mean, come on, Mandy. They have udders in four stomachs. Yeah, exactly. Several what, udders. <laughs> what cold-blooded reptilian humanoid is going to turn that down? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that aliens are more likely to come from either the moon or the ocean than, like, deep space. That's my that would theory be on aliens. Just the perfect, just barely out of our reach, and they know it. Yep. Places they could operate a base of operations from. Because, yeah, we haven't explored, what is it, even half of our oceans. Yeah. And as far as if we went to the moon or not, I mean, more <laughs> now than ever, there's been mass debate and people's opinion <laughs> on that. So who knows? They they like to make a big issue of, oh, well, you know, we can't go back the same way we did because of some kind of firmament barrier or, you know, <laughs> some kind of radiation that yeah. we have to take special precautions over that apparently was no problem in the 60s. Yeah, exactly. Tom Hanks survived. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's still alive and kicking. He's fine. So. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Like, I, I fully believe in aliens because I think it's just super arrogant to think that we're the only intelligent life in the whole universe. But I don't know if they are just coming to Earth to, like, pick us up like lab rats or fish and do experiments on us and then just throw us back, you know, into society. Yeah. It seems weird. And, like, why do they keep picking people up and probing them? <laughs> well, yeah, there are some <laughs> weird traits about aliens having very peculiar fascinations with us mm -hmm. and cattle for some reason. I yeah, don't know. like specifically cows. What's up with that? Why is it never like goats? I, I don't <laughs> know. It's just, eating goats, but <laughs> they like the big animals. You know, they like yeah. the big. It's crazy. I don't get it. And then some weirdness with mutilating them, draining their blood, yeah. like. Chupacabras, yeah. Flipping like... them inside out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just... I don't know. I feel... Yeah, I, I feel like... I somewhat believe in the possibility of aliens as well. I mean, the universe is just so vast... Exactly. ...that, that it would be impossible... Yep. ...mathematically, in any way, shape, or form... ...for us to be the only... ...cognitive, functioning creatures... on ...in this universe. It's just... And not only would it be arrogant, it would also kind of be sad if it weren't yeah. true. So. Yeah, exactly. I like, have you ever seen the movie Mission to Mars with Gary Sinise? Um, you know, I've seen a lot of space <laughs> exploration movies, it's, but I don't think that's been one of them. It's a really good movie because it, the story of it basically is how Martians sort of, their planet was dying and they all left. And then like one Martian stayed behind and like sort of seeded Earth. And you see like this pod come and basically lands in like the ocean of earth and then it kind of evolves into like the single cells and then the higher celled organisms and then the ones walking and like shows the whole evolutionary track and like how they sort of seeded us to you know keep their species or whatever going or whatever it was while all the other ones went to look for like another planet or universe or whatever it was to go live on it sounds like the whole storyline behind alien alien vs predator or at least the aliens needed us to act as hosts yeah. for their young and yeah this is more of like a nice take like we're not being oh, okay. it's just kind of like you know and then that's why there was like the feast on mars because then we when we evolved to that point of being able to go to mars and to go to that that place it ended up being a building where they went inside and the way to open the door was by like putting together our DNA to unlock the door because it matched with their DNA. And then like the, the one guy ended up going back with like the Martians back to their planet or wherever their new planet is because like the one that stayed behind was still there. Oh, okay. Huh. I'll have to check that out. It's a really good movie. I like it. A nice little symbiotic, more <laughs> relationship between us and aliens then? I think it's funny thinking too like the other theory right now is that how we used to live on Mars and then we destroyed it and we came to Earth and then it's kind of funny now that we're destroying Earth and going, going back to Mars uh, no, I don't know I'm, I, I think I would remember that <laughs> so 
with your We destroyed blood. Mars, and it's just in the current state it is now, just ruined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Yeah. We destroyed it, used up all its resources, and then forgot about it. And then now we're like, oh, maybe we should go back, go to this planet here and rebuild on it. So Earth will one day be the next Mars, and then we'll just kind of... It's like we're just moving from apartment yeah. to apartment and... Destroying not, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Running out our lease and leaving leaving without, like, the deposit. and. Right, right. <laughs> Skipping out on that. Yeah. And going to the next planet and wrecking it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which seems like about right for humans. I wonder what the next planet on our list would be. I mean, let's face it... <laughs> There's no point in going back to Mars. We're not getting that deposit yeah. back, so. Venus is too cold. Yeah, but you live in Canada, so is it really that different? We actually <laughs> have, like, a nice summer for about two months. <laughs> <laughs> two months? We have winter from November until May. <laughs> and then oh. June, July, and August are nice. Well, and then it, the nice, we have, like, toasty fall. 40s. It actually gets, uh... No, made it to about 35, 40 Celsius, so like over 100 Fahrenheit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. We have like four full seasons. No way. Yeah. We're basically Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Where I am anyways. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although uh. Minnesota got snow last week. <laughs> and we didn't. <laughs> I was like, good for the Americans. Are you jealous of this, or no? I was like, good for the Americans. <laughs> they can have the snow. <laughs> yeah, but I couldn't tell. It sounded like maybe there was a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, jealousy behind that voice. No, <laughs> so, I don't like good, snow. Good for them. I hate snow. <laughs> I don't like well, being cold. I like the idea of it. <laughs> you know, I don't. It's nice to see it fall, but. It's not nice to be out in it. It's cold and messy. You have to shovel it. And your shoes always get soaked. Oh, okay. I always have to ask every every American this. Do you know what a soaker is? A soaker? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. A heavy rainfall? No, see, like, it's so weird that you guys don't have this word. A soaker is like when you step in a puddle and your shoe gets soaked. You say you got a soaker. Oh, I just say I stepped in the puddle and got my shoe wet. Or you say, I got a soaker because it's easier and it's one word. But it's so weird. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I tell my friend all the time, I'm like, Americans don't know what it is. And she's like, no. I'm like, they don't. They don't know what a soaker <laughs> she is. She doesn't believe you. No. She's like, how can they not? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> they don't know what a soaker is. <laughs> it's so weird. I just imagine, I don't know, a little super soaker, <laughs> like the squirt gun. <laughs> Oh, it's like you step, you know, your shoe gets soaked and it's, you got a soaker. That's, that's what it's called. I'll admit that's easier than saying I stepped in a puddle and now my foot yeah. is wet. Or, you know, exactly. Yeah. You could say a whole sentence or you could say one word. <laughs> <laughs> so final thoughts on alien abductions being sleep paralysis. Um... Yeah, you know, it's hard to say. I think it's it's. I think they're their own separate events, and I don't really see the connection. Honestly, um, I think a nightmare is just that. It's a nightmare, and an alien abduction is an alien abduction, and you believe right, they're right. happening. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was abducted last week. You know, nothing out of the ordinary, but uh, my butt hurts. <laughs> well, complain um, to Brian, not me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just, um, I, I feel like I'm like you where I want to believe, I kind of do believe there are other life forms out there. There are, there have yeah. has to be aliens. I don't know that they're really preoccupied in any way with us and what we're doing. And it, it would just seem very odd for highly intelligent, highly advanced species to be preoccupied with what ever we would be doing down here on earth this little mud ball planet i think that they'd be more likely to be sitting back and sort of watching to see if we can get to that point of 
the space travel and space colonization and being worthwhile to make contact with rather than, you know, having made contact years ago just to do weird experiments on. Like, that's why I think they'd be more likely to just kind of, like, be watching us rather than interacting with us. Could be, yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that maybe we're not the only ones that they're observing. Maybe they have other planets that they're watching where they're at different uh, evolutionary life stages. Like there's one that's still in the middle of its primordial stage. One that's maybe kind of in the turn of the century of where we would have been. Maybe we're the more advanced planet up to this point, or maybe we're not. (laughs) Who knows? I think that was on, was that one of the episodes of South Park? <laughs> Where, like, they came, I think so. like, they ended yes, up getting, yes. like, yeah. they killed them. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we wanted you to join, like, our galactic thing or whatever, but you, like, you killed the thing. Oh, right, yeah, now I remember that. I, the main alien who came down was, he was an alien, but he was actually, um, like a bank robber or yeah yeah that's right it was the fake bank robber one <laughs> that's right that was all the test yeah <laughs> it's centered around what the uh little soapbox derby cars yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that episode was ridiculous but maybe that's what they're doing they're testing us can you imagine <sighs> if like they came and they're like okay we want to test like an ambassador and then they landed like in florida <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> We would be screwed. And we're like, no, we're so much better than that. Yeah, they just, huh, this must be what all Earthlings are like. Yeah. <laughs> no, blow this planet up. <laughs> it's just like some toothless meth guy fucking a gator. And we're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <That's... laughs> Come back. That's the example. <laughs> you know what? If that was the case, I, I couldn't even blame him. Yeah. <laughs> blow us up. Yeah, exactly. I, I still think that there's some correlation between sleep paralysis and alien abductions with all the similarities between them. And I think it'd be like, there are cool some to do, like, yeah, I, do more. I wanted to believe it. it. <laughs> but then when you mentioned the part of uh, the old hag, it just seemed like, eh, I don't know. I feel like <laughs> that's a real thing, though. Like, and that's oh, what yeah, it's called. I, I is see the old, old hags everywhere. It's called, like, the old hag, and that's what majority of people who have sleep paralysis and they wake up feeling pressure on their chest is what they see. They all see the same thing. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, it kind of stands to reason that with the cultural changes now, they're all seeing aliens instead. Hmm. Maybe this unique species of alien just looks like an old hag. I don't know. Maybe that's a possibility. <laughs> Maybe. You watch, you watch Star Trek or Star Wars and you know, you got all sorts of different weird-looking aliens. This yeah. one just happens to be an old hag. Exactly. You got the orange people where Donald Trump came from. <laughs> <laughs> That's the planet of Oompa Loompa. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> he was the tallest one. So they built him a rocket ship, and he came to Earth. Yeah. And now he's our president. <laughs> Not your president. <laughs> no. We have the horrible Disney prince who likes to apologize. <laughs> oh god, is that what you call apologizing? That's funny. Yeah, we see that everyone thinks he's like a Disney prince because that's what they look at Trudeau as. But uh, yeah, I can see that. He's really good at apologizing. It's like his favorite thing. He finds like a new thing to apologize for all the time. <laughs> I could just hear it now. <laughs> we are sorry. Yeah, mm. he's sorry for everything. <laughs> That's what his like his whole legacy is going to be is that he apologized for everything. That, that was his campaign slogan. Sorry, we eh? are sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Eh? Uh, well, well, thanks for yeah. being on to talk about aliens and avocados and flannel. Yeah, they all just seem to run together so perfectly. What about a flannel shirt with avocados printed on it? <laughs> yes, an avocado. Okay, so get this. A flannel shirt, right? Mm-hmm. You with me? Yeah. And then an avocado printed mm-hmm. on the front, but it's got, like, alien eyes. Because an <laughs> avocado, you know, if you flip it upside down, it's kind of got that alien head shape to it. Yep, it does. Next time I get one, I'm going to carve little alien eyes in it. <laughs> <laughs> Just in time for Halloween. Yep. <laughs> an avocado lantern 
We could drag the lantern. <laughs> that would rot so quick. Yeah, the rot before you finish cutting it. <laughs> they pretty much do. <laughs> so, if people want to find your show to listen to, where can they find it? Uh, well, I know Brian would want me to do some promotion for us, so I won't. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, no, you can find us um, on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, Life Bites. Uh, we have our in- individual Instagrams. Uh, we also have one for our main podcast, Life Bites Podcast, on Instagram. We have a Twitter, but I wouldn't really bother with that. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is the one social media platform we have that is just a total joke. <laughs> he kept it running for, I think we had, he had maintained it at 76 followers. I bumped it up to, I don't know, it's hard to just maintain 100 with that, so <laughs> I'm kind of just thinking about dropping it, honestly. Yeah. Because when I want to, you know, promote other people and share theirs, uh, their podcasts, it's, it, I'm not really getting much outreach with that, so it's pointless. <laughs> yeah, I find the Twitter sort of like ebbs and flows as far as what you get out of it. Like for a while it was really big with podcasts, and now it's kind of sort of died out. It's very hit and miss. I've mm-hmm. seen other podcasts where they have very large followings, and I think that's their that's their main social media yeah. platform to push out their their product. I yeah. Guess you could say. Yeah. Exactly. That's not the case with us. Uh, we seem to be doing better on Instagram for whatever <laughs> reason. Yeah, I think this Instagram is where more people end up right now. Yeah. It's the more, the more I hear at this right. point. <laughs> I think Facebook's just. Just going downhill, honestly. Because yeah. all like the parents are getting on Facebook. <laughs> right. So everyone has to leave. <laughs> like, oh, oh, mom, no, don't like this post. <laughs> exactly. No, go away. Don't listen to my podcast. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for being on to talk about aliens and yeah. and shirts. We'll have glad to, to be the, on. To, we'll have to do the the red plaid flannel power hour. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That'll be our new NPR show. (laughs) (laughs) Where you just talk about flannel in a monotone voice. Love it. Sounds great. (laughs) You're listening to Plaid Talk with uh, Derek Watson and Mandy (laughs) Osapenko.